And the ones that end up stagnant, whether they're stagnant at the bottom or stagnant somewhere in the middle, are the ones who don't have that humility. They blame the audience. They don't want to change. They won't take gigs because they're too good for that. Sure. And they, you know, they end up stuck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's... Artists will do whatever the artist wants to do. Entertainers will do whatever the audience wants them to do. And I want to be both. Damn, Grizzly, you got like you should deep. write a book. You're like Lao Tzu of How do you That's also an original. <laughs> that that was I, deep. I, you should I write never, that down. You, well, you had like five of them. I That's never read that. I just came up with it. Yeah. I want to introduce to y'all. We are here to introduce I'm here to introduce Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comedy Connects. <laughs> All right, okay. welcome to Comedy Connect. This is Nate, and she is Jenny with an I, and we have a special guest, Jenny. <laughs> Hello, this is Grizzly. What up? Do we give a full name, or do you just want people to think you're Grizzly? Uh, Grizzly's Grizzly, you know what I mean? <laughs> like Christopher, it's... Grizzly, Roseberry, whatever. Oh, now people can Google. Yeah. It's where we go in depth and we try to pick your brain all about comedy. And you're from Wisconsin? I'm not from Wisconsin. I'm from California, but like I started comedy in Wisconsin. Uh, I live here now. So, like, I'm based out of Wisconsin, but I'm not from Wisconsin. Southern California, born and raised. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. You get back there a lot? Uh, no, not a lot. Uh, I haven't been there in a couple of years. A lot of friends and family moved out of there, so I still go sure. visit friends and family, <laughs> the but great I family. don't visit Cali. <laughs> yeah. so. Have you ever done comedy in California? Uh, no. Actually, yes. I did one open mic, but at the time, it was like, I dare you, and it was a dumb whatever, and I wasn't taking comedy serious. I was a fan, mm -hmm. and this was a, oh, I might just go whatever. So I did one open mic. So you were that guy that everybody hates, where you didn't take it seriously, you were dared to get up there. and Correct. Like, I just saw someone talking recently about um, they that somebody showed up at an open mic because they lost their fantasy football. Yeah. So they had, that was their punishment to yep. get up at the open mic. Yep. You were that dick. <laughs> I was. I was a comedy fan. How do you think and back on that now, though, when you're like, oh, those people who show up just as a dare and they don't, like... Well, na so, there's, so there's a difference. There's comedians and there's open micers. Mm -hmm. And then there's, like, the one-timers. You can use the one-timers as audience. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, audience members try to put the one-timers up last because if they go up and then they run away, you mm -hmm. lose a little bit of your audience. So, uh Put the one-timers up last. Tip for all you open mic producers <laughs> out there. And um, otherwise, yeah, like it's uh, it's crazy because comics don't like open micers. Why? Well, you need them because there's not enough comics. Why? Because that's how they started. I don't get that. Is it like a Be pecking well, okay. order hierarchy, like the worst? Some comics are, okay. Is it like high school? Some comics freshman? think they're artists. I mean, everyone is an artist. I get it. Don't sure. cancel me. <laughs> don't kill me. Whatever. We're all artists. Fine. But some yeah. artists yeah. think that they're, uh, you know, they, they have to practice all the time. They have to right. write all the time. They have to work on their craft all the time. 
And for the people that just do it for fun, they're not as hard of a worker. It's like a mockery of true art form kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not saying they hate them, but don't put us in the same category. So like if you you play professional sports and somebody plays in a rec league, don't put us in the same, yeah, don't put us in the same category. That's, you know, professional to amateur. I always think of like at the Y when they have, you know, those people swimming in the like laps in the lanes, you know, and they're super like focused on it. And then someone shows up and they're just like, you know, flapping around and throwing a volleyball, but they're taking up a lane. I got you. (laughs) Hey, shut up. So like, it's, serious for me. I'm getting cardio. Hit a little too close to home. There's some open mics, you know, like some random bar open mics and stuff where it's like, there's not a lot of people. You're not really taking up a spot for somebody. But when you get onto like a open mic at a bigger club, like Skyline in Appleton, Wisconsin, that like if people are signing up just to screw around, they're taking a spot from somebody who needed that to practice for their show this week. Right. Okay. So uh, an open mic at a comedy club will have an audience that wants to see comedy. Yeah. And that is a very specific thing that comics want. You would rather have a paid audience member. Someone paid to see comedy. Yeah. That's the audience member you want to work on your material or Give them your good material. Um, so, like Comedy on State in Madison, Wisconsin, they charge five bucks for their open mic. They sell out every week. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's a sold out open mic. But that audience is there for comedy. So it is one of the better audiences for feedback. Um, it's like doing or practicing or trying new stuff in front of a paid show. I mean, this is this is a real audience. It's like you're doing it on a weekend kind of thing. You don't want to go to Disney. In other words, just for the audience, uh, first-time listeners, uh, I am just a fan of comedy. I've never done what you guys have done. Jenny's done it a couple of times, right? I think I've been on stage seven times. Seven? Okay. I did one actual show where I got paid, and I'm still shocked I got paid. Okay, <laughs> okay. So she's the pro. I am just, I'm, I'm the spectator, but I can assure you, um, if I know going in, like, if all of our friends, I love watching comedy. I love what you guys do as an art form, and... F everybody who says it's not in our forum. I think it's one of right. the most important things, uh, especially now. But <clears throat> I would love for you guys to have fun and you can work. If we know ahead of time, hey, look, it's going to be a whole bunch of people trying this out. I'm on board. Yeah. In fact, the audience is rooting you on. Yeah. But, you know, I'll, I'll spend money. I'll mm-hmm. do the $18 drink. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, one drink. <laughs> yeah. Shit, I will totally do that. But it's just an understanding. But in the background, what you're saying is that you it, it's all about stage time, right? Working out your material and So, like, like, the that. the professional comics will go to an open mic um, to practice for an upcoming show. Sure. Uh, or or work new brand new material. So like gotcha. they'll write something, you know, wherever I don't care at home, whatever. They'll write something at home, and then they'll bring it to an open mic, and they'll try it out there. Right. And they everyone has a different rating system for their own material. Everybody does their own whatever. Some people record and listen. Some right. People just. 
keep working it until they feel the vibe or whatever. Well, but they're working the through the material, and I've learned on this show the takes, and yeah. hey, maybe yep. one little tiny phrase that worked accidentally is yep. now officially part of that bit, and oh my God. That's why I think everyone should record every set they do, even just yeah. random open mics, because sometimes you'll have an off-the-cuff thing that you say, and you're yep. not going to remember that later. But that the technology be, is there. You should absolutely. Mm-hmm. You, you should do whatever you want to do, but you would get better mm-hmm. if you recorded every yeah. set and listened to it. Yeah. You would get better. Because you can say the same thing. Like you can say something once and have it explode and take it verbatim to another audience yeah. and, it, and not get mm-hmm. the same reaction. So you definitely want to do it more than once. Yeah. You do times? it once and you're like, oh, this is great. For me personally. How many times do you do something when it doesn't get a laugh before you bail on it entirely? So there was one joke specifically that I'll still do because I like it so much. Um, but then there's other ones that for me, it's it's yeah. it's like three or four times, three or four different audiences. Mm-hmm. It has to be three or four different audiences. And I know... I can go, I know where different comedy clubs are in Wisconsin, and I know different bar shows. Sure. And I know how audiences react. So for me personally, I would go for the comedy audience, the audience that paid to see comedy, the audience that is at a comedy club. Mm -hmm. Um, You go to a bar, and they're half there, you know, they're half with you and half not. Yeah. So and even if they're there for comedy, it's still the bar. A bar is not a comedy club, and this and that. So I try to go to a comedy club, and I'll do something five times at the most. Mm-hmm. Okay. And after five, if it's not working, it's gone. Do you have jokes that never hit at a comedy club but always hit at a bar, or vice versa? And do you just tell them at those locations? I have one joke that I tell at one club. It's club specific. It's Skyline Comedy <laughs> Club. It is my best joke. It gets the biggest laugh every time. It's the it gets the biggest laugh of any joke in my lineup, and I can only do it at one club and one club only because they have a specific setup, and I haven't seen that setup anywhere else. And I know it exists, so as soon as I get there, I can do this joke again. And I but have heard this joke many times, it and kills. I can attest it is one of the best jokes. Because one of your parents are in the audience, or what? No, it's just it's club specific because of the the decor yeah. and the setup of the club. I got you. But the, so like, Ooh, and I, like I hate how those. you're teasing this out because oh, yeah. I know you, you guys hate doing this on a podcast. You can't like, ruin the, the joke. It's no. too good. To yeah, ruin. I can't explain it. Go see yeah. Grizzly. He's yeah. Go to Skyline Comedy Club. Because I want to see this. That's my home club, yeah. and I have a good one there. And it is. It's one of the best jokes I've seen told on that stage. It but I hate crazy. specific jokes like that. Like yeah. that one, I love that joke. On I love that club. I'll tell that joke till the day I die. How but. you transfer that over to each club as you start touring or go back? Well, that and that's the thing. I can't because other clubs aren't oh, set up the way this club is. But um, damn it. For lack for lack of a better words, I I there are jokes that I have written that I say in Wis- in the state of Wisconsin that yeah. I will say sure. Wisconsin, and if I go in out of state, yeah. I'll say the Midwest, mm-hmm. or um, right. I will talk about 
cheese curds. But if I go out of state, I'll right. talk about something there. So yeah. I I have got to be a way to maybe write this. ten jokes that I can that can travel. Mm-hmm. I can and that I will. They're the same joke, right. but they have different words depending on where I'm at. And um, I've got like ten of those kind of set up or lined up that that I like. Um, because I don't like specific, you know, and it, and I think that's really common. I think that it's, it's a lot of intro stuff. Like if I first walk on stage, I might throw some slop out there just to feel the crowd out. That's when I'll do those. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'll, I'll try to, but I don't like local stuff because those local, the guests that live there that go to that comedy club have heard your local reference joke about yeah, right. their, you know, giant ball of yarn or whatever <laughs> weird thing their town yeah, has. Yeah, whatever weird yarn. thing yeah, yeah, your yeah. town has, the, every comedian makes fun of it, and I don't want to be yeah. that guy. Like at Skyline, so, at Skyline in Appleton, they, yeah. comics will go around to the staff and they will ask, like, what's the worst city or what's this? You know, like yep. they'll ask questions. Yeah. So they can make fun of Nina or Manasha. So it happened, like, I don't know if they're aware of this or they don't care, because yeah. they still get laughs, but they every comic gets up there basically tells the same local jokes sure. and the same joke about the club. And the ball of yarn. And thing. working yeah. at a club, that's one of that. the little tricks or things that you notice, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, as a comedian, I can, that's a good way to... For lack of a better words, to break the ice. Because comics have told me this, like in the green room and stuff at Skyline. They're like, you know, I'm sure everybody makes fun of this thing. And I'm like, yeah, they all do. And he's like, yeah, but you gotta, you know, yeah. you gotta break the ice. You gotta yeah. feel out the audience. You gotta give them the slop. You gotta sure. see what they like or don't like. And if you throw out a local reference and they all go, oh, if you if nothing else you brought the energy up you yeah. know what i mean and sure. and got them a little more excited for whatever you're going to you say sprinkle next. it in cuz yeah. i have been in the audience at skyline yeah. and other comedy places that jenny with comedy connects has done and you can you sprinkle it in just to kind of be like hey by the way i've toured your place it's interesting, it's fucked up, it's different, whatever. And, and we can do that. But if you just keep riding that, you know, and just insert. It's also a psychological trick, and it's in all of that. You know, like, I always think of the Simpsons episode where they have a Spinal Tap, and they're like, we were traveling down Route, and I can't remember what Route number it is, but they're like, the audience route is Route 66? No, it's whatever is local in Springfield or oh, whatever. Yeah. And the audience starts screaming, and I think it's like Millhouse is like, oh, that's right near my house. And it gives that, like, this huge celebrity that I've seen on TV and everything is talking about my things I it, it's know. It's psychological, you're right. Yeah. It is. So having worked at a comedy club, like, I think I've learned so much working at a comedy club. Do you think that every comedian who wants to expand and get bigger and, you know, grow their craft should work at a comedy club at some point in some capacity, or do you think it's not that important? Oh, I do believe it's important. Um, what I believe, uh, at, for comedy as an art, comedy is subjective. Everyone's art is uh, individual, unique, and uh, also how they 
create their art or craft or whatever, how they work on it. So there's a big, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes talk and comedy of like, how much do you write or how much do you go? How many open mics do you do? How many minutes do you do? How much are you working on your craft? And there is a level of judgment based on that. Like if, if there's a high level comic that, that, works on their craft a lot and you they don't think you work as hard as they do they will definitely look down on you yeah um even if the person who hasn't worked that hard just naturally happens to be better yeah oh yeah talent (laughs) talent is a big part of it too but they yeah oh yeah and that part that stuff sucks so like for me personally i think that if you However you can work on your craft, uh, no matter what it is, the more the better. Like, the more hours you put in, the more anything. Um, And then, like, it's like anything else. Classes, you could take a class to learn from a teacher or from a book while you're practicing at the same time and blah, blah, blah. And I don't mean comedy classes. I just mean, like, anything you're trying to learn. So for comedy, for me, working at that club... A thousand percent gave me an edge, Mm -hmm. gave me an advantage. It boosted uh, all of my comedy knowledge. Um, I don't sit there and watch the headliners. I mean, a headliner come through and do five shows a weekend, four or five shows. I will watch them once. No, I'll watch them once, but I will pay more attention to the host and the feature. If they, if the headliner brings their own feature. Then I know the feature is going to do a little bit better with the audience. But the host, or if the feature is not brought with the headliner, then that audience paid money to see the headliner. He's going to, he or she is guaranteed to get more laughs. Yep, they came for them. So they're guaranteed more laughs than the the other comics. So I will watch the other comics to see, and I'll learn a lot from them. Mm -hmm. I mean, the host will go up there and, for lack of a better word, just do your time. Um, I, yeah, yeah, well, so I've heard two different things. I've heard it's like 50, 50 Mm -hmm. on that. I mean, phoning it in, some people say it's phoning it in. Some people say that that's just what you're supposed to do. It's your only job is to just say the names right and get everyone through their first round of drinks. Which is baffling to me. Like the host, like really. And they call it the bullet spot. You're taking the bullet. Like you, nobody laughs at the host because they're not ready yet. They just got there. They haven't even had their first drink yet. They're either looking at the menu or they're doing whatever because they paid money to see blah, blah, blah. Whoever the headliner is, that's who they paid for. So that's who they want to see and you're not them. So they can, you know, put their purse or their jackets or fiddle or they can do whatever they're doing to get ready but they're not paying attention 100%. This is radio um, introducing bands. This is basically yeah. it. You uh-huh. go up there, your only job is to go, hey, how's yep. everybody doing? And you, you have to fill time. So, yes. of course, they're con- and they're good. But yes. like, but they the, don't give a shit about yeah, you. The You're audience just trying to is, plug your radio yep, station. Yep. That's, that's my still, world. I'm still in the camp that like that. they still determine the energy. Like, I feel like I've I 100% seen, agree. Yeah, I've seen shows where if the host is kind of, you know, phoning yeah. in, doing their time, yeah. like the rest of the night, because working at a comic club, we will see the same 
three people get up there five shows in a row. And you can see the difference. Like if the host has an off night, the rest of the night, the audience isn't as great. Whereas if the host comes in with great energy, then that the rest of the night feels more exciting. So I don't, I always think that the host should be, you know, is, is, I think the host is the second most important spot, just barely underneath the headliner. Yes. The headliner is the most important because that is the name that puts the, yep, it puts the butts in the seats. Uh, And so. You know, if if you can sell tickets, that's that's your only job. Like as a headliner, your only job is to sell the tickets. Yeah. And once they're all sold and the people are there, you do your set. But if you bomb or if you suck or whatever, yeah. the only like thing that could happen is maybe you don't sell as many tickets next time. Sure. But it's they're not going to ask you mm-hmm. not to come back. You yeah. sold out of you know, a weekend or whatever. Yeah, you right. sold enough tickets. It, no matter what you do, unless you light the Gotham place City. on fire. Look at Gotham City. They're going to ask you to come back. Yeah. And they bring seen... big biggies at Gotham City in because mm-hmm. I have watched a gazillion of those. And it's almost like they put a headliner who's like, yeah, I'm taking the day off, but I'm going to have fun. Mm -hmm. And so they do, like, their first bit. Is that what you guys are saying? Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, like the... Because that's a big-time club, and that's what they do. They bring in some... Well, like, if you want to bring... So I won't name names, obviously. But, like, there's a a very, you know, big celebrity headliner that comes to Skyline Comedy Club, and they sell out every single show. Yeah. But they're not... In my opinion, they're not funny. And, like, people have walked out, and it's just not good, but they are a celebrity. They can get up there. Okay. They can phone in the whole thing, because who cares? Like, they're... they yeah, so when you guys say phone of, in, is it the same bits? Is that what you're trying no, to No, phone it in just means, like, they don't have the energy. Like, they're reciting. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry to interrupt. Continue much. your thoughts. Looks no. like they're reading off a teleprompter. Yeah. Okay, I got you. But, but to their credit, they're able to do that because they already put in the years and decades right. of hard work. If you've been on TV... Or movies, you know, Saturday Night Live or any other comedy show. If you've been on TV or movies, you're you have a draw now. You're going to bring in, you're going to sell tickets. You're going to bring in audience members, and so then after that, like the feature comic, um, that's for lack of. I mean, everyone agrees with me. Not everyone, but a lot of people have agreed. uh, It's the easiest spot. Yeah. You only got you. You don't have to fill a whole hour. Uh, you only get get to do 20, 30 minutes, so you get all the good stuff, your best yeah. jokes Tight. out there. What, what are they yeah, Tight. they're already like they've already had their first drink. The host has gotten them through whatever, blah blah blah. So the feature spot is the easiest, um, and then you know, depending on the headliner, the headliner can go up there and and they can keep people captivated for an hour. But also, it's not. People are people. Like ADHD is real. Uh, like people, are, yeah, TikTok is real. Like we want to scroll. We want to scroll. We want to move on. What do you got? Hurry up. Let's go. So a full-on comedy show, an hour and a half, and the headliner gets an, a whole hour. Some people have checked out, you know, yeah, by by his 40, 40th minute. You know what I mean? This is the moment of instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah, this you, is TikTok. This is think, Instagram. Like, yeah. You said that, you know, a lot of people, and I agree with you, I think the feature is the easiest spot. 
But do you think that a feature can destroy a show? Like if you have a great host and then the feature bombs. 100%. And then the headliner gets up there. You be, It's like even 100%. though the host brought, brought up the energy, the headliners now co- essentially coming into a cold room. Because the I've seen headliners, I've heard headliners say things like this. Um, I've heard comics talk about it a lot, like um, a room that's down and bringing it back. That's a big deal. Um, some comics will bomb their first 10 minutes on purpose. What? Like yes, yeah, so I've heard the, I've heard this on other podcasts. Some comedians will go up there and just be offensive or just be, like not not their regular normal good stuff. They will literally bomb on purpose. They will f- bring wow. the energy to a low for a certain amount of time till they feel it and then they will bring it back up because like I brought this audience from hate me, hating me to loving me is better than because they've been doing comedy for so long. They're, they're doing, they're it's trying like, to find new fun ways to go to work. It's like their test. Yeah. Like, they're, like this is my job. I go to work. I have to perform this act however many times a week. Mm-hmm. And so for the, you know, 250th time, this time I'm going to go see if I can whatever. And they like play with the audience or they, and you know, comics will do different stuff all the time, whether, you know, crowd work, this, that, whatever. But I've heard comics will bomb on purpose so they can bring the audience back up or they'll go into a cold room. Um, because then you hear stories of guys that used to be, um, doorman at like the comedy store and they would have to go on, like they would do the show and then, uh, Robin Williams would close out the night or Richard Pryor would close out the night and the whole audience would leave and there's two people there and then I I get to go up on stage and there's two oh, wow. fucking and everyone's literally <laughs> walking out of the room sure, it's like over. you can the see their over. backs yeah. they're not looking they're not listening but are they and you to have to tell jokes yeah so those comics are like do it and if people turn around and come back right. you're you're like that's where the artist is like I, I did it. I yeah. did it. Like I, my art is wanted by someone else. Like or or you know, like I did it. I got somebody to come back when they were leaving. Or but then there's the thing that you did that I still thought was hilarious because at this point you're pretty established here, you know, in Appleton, and everyone knows your stuff. And then there was a time that you decided to get up there and pretend that I it did. was your first time. Yep. And you committed to that bit. You were yep. awkward. You were fumbling over your words. Yep. That was a character bit. And I was, as a comedian, I was basically making fun of a first-timer or or just an open micer. Yeah. Well, you guys are kind as comedians. Sorry. I yeah. I didn't, do, I didn't mention any brutal. names or anything, but I walked up there. I, I absolutely, I yeah. absolutely bombed or acted... <laughs> So when you think about, there's this, there's an audience uh, that is a bunch of comics that know Grizzly, and then there's a bunch of people in the audience who have never seen him before, and so the split, we're dying. All the comics who know him are laughing so hard, and everyone else is kind of like giving awkward chuckles, and like I'm angry and I like knitting. They're thinking (laughs) this is his first time, and they're trying to encourage it. (laughs) It was the literal inside joke like it was just an inside joke 
The only people that knew me knew better. I recorded that set. I have that set recorded. Yeah. All of those jokes I did that night are a part, uh, like, are in my lineup. Mm -hmm. They're all actually well-written jokes. Just the way I delivered them was horrendous. Awkward. And so I'm going to do it again. Uh, I I actually, I'm going to, I do it. Didn't you say it's your every year? Yeah, every year. Yeah, it's coming up in uh, April. I'm going to do it again. And I think this time when I go up on stage, I might, like, turn around and just do my whole set facing the wall. <laughs> the entire four-minute open mic set, I'll just face the wall. You should lay down. Right? I, yeah. Fuck Every this. time I do it. Just and and, and because commit. that's a one-time, it's an open mic, it's my yeah. anniversary, so yeah. I can have and fun it, with it. Or sit like, I'm impressed. like a little kid on the front of the stage. I'm just visual. I'm a visual It's guy. a character bit. I yes. have to commit to the character and, and I do it the whole time. Doing. I find that to be so impressive because, like I said, I've only been on stage like six or seven times. So I'm still, when I, and that was months ago, I think almost a year ago now I haven't been on stage. So I was still, every time I got on stage, I was still in that, like, scared, Mm -hmm. I have to, like, do this right, everything. And I I cannot fathom getting to a point of comfortability on stage that I can... Think about I'm just gonna face a wall. Like a and like I'm, kind of it's, shit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah the exact that. idea exactly. of like I'm so comfortable that I'm gonna make an ass of myself and enjoy every <laughs> second. Yes. Yes. Whereas I, I get up there and I'm like, if I make an ass of myself, I'm uh, going to die. I'm I'll never myself. come back. Yeah. I'll never show my <laughs> no. face in this town again. And I think that that's such like you were saying, it, you know, when you do the same thing over and over again, sure. you gotta give yourself different challenges. And honestly, mm-hmm. that it like I'm gonna get up there and make an ass of myself on purpose is a challenge that I don't think gets enough respect. <laughs> I've heard like experience because I'm fascinated. I'm obsessed actually with this medium that you guys do. And I have heard We're like, gonna get Nate on stage. Really? Okay. No. Well, I don't know. That'll be like a bucket list. But here's the deal. They've talked about once you get to a certain point, and that's what Grizzly is saying, to actually, they actually enjoy their friends that are comedians bombing, but also they enjoy completely alienating all of the audience and then bringing them back. It's like toying with them like my cat. With a mouse, yep. it, it, you know what I mean. Like Patrice O'Neill, like if Jenny it's done, and, if it's done with intent, because right. there are comics who've been doing this for ten years, and right. if they get up there and they accidentally alienate the audience, and it wasn't intentional, they still hate themselves. You said the proper phrase. Yeah, it has to be done with intent. Sure. You got to be skilled, but yeah. that actually says a lot about you, Grizzly, because you're like, yeah, fuck it. That's what I'm saying. Cool. Well, that's like, like a, only like, for uh, an open jumps. mic. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm not there where I would maybe do something like that on a on a paid show. Uh, oh, I don't. I wouldn't just go yeah. act or do something weird like that. You're not going full blown Vegas on it. Yeah. Fuck it. Here's you the have house. to be yeah. really established. Well, you, they would just. Like I mean, you would just. They would have to book you knowing that's you. You know what I mean? Like sure. if, if people saw my comedy now or looked at my website or anything, oh, yeah. uh, grizzlycomedy.com. And, uh, but if anybody watched that and then came to see my show, like, or my open mic in April where I'm, where I'm going to bomb yeah. or where I do one of those, 
Or if like if they booked me based on my comedy on my website or my clips, yes. and then okay. I came and did that, they'll never book Corporate me again. Games. You know what I mean? So like shit like that. yeah. You, you but if I up. was a, an art, if I was you know a Steve Martin type and just did silly stuff, yeah, and they knew what they were getting themselves mm-hmm. into, Stadiums. then it would be yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like you brought up Andy Kaufman and yeah, you know, infamous exactly. when he was booked for his comedy and he read a book yeah. the whole time, yeah. even though. He, people knew him and like they thought that they were coming in for this that like it's an people anomaly. were, in, that was people an were anomaly infuriated even to yeah, <laughs> yeah we all know the history of that when yeah. you go see even an established like yeah. when you go to see an established headliner sure. you are you know what you're paying to see yep. and if that's Absolutely. not what they deliver you're going to be upset about it so one of my favorite comedy stories is uh, about a comedian, Patrice O'Neill. Oh, God, um, I love him. Yeah, one of the I best. Dearly departed, rest in peace. Yep. yep. Uh, late, great Patrice O'Neill. Uh, and he was one of those so comfortable on stage. He was very offensive, but he was so comfortable on stage, he would look for the people that were upset. And so if he looked in the audience at, at everybody laughing and you had mm-hmm. your arms crossed, or even if you didn't, even if you were just straight faced, not laughing, you're done. He would point at you and immediate. What's wrong? What's what's going on? What's wrong with you? Like you're at a comedy show. Yeah. I'm telling you? jokes. Yeah. You're not laughing, so you're the problem. What's wrong with you? And there was one instance. Um, one, this is one of my favorite stories, where uh, there was a group of women, and one of them was sitting there, and he's, you know, what's wrong with you, honey? What's going on? And uh, gets to, as he's talking to her, he's like, oh, okay, okay, just stop. I get it. I get it. You're the one in the friend group that they don't even want to hang out with. They just brought you because you've been hanging around for so long and you've been around for 20 years, but they don't even like you. All these other women, at the, there were four <laughs> other women at the table. They all laughed their ass off. That woman saw them, got up, and left. They stayed. Patrice O'Neill broke up a 20-year friendship of five women with one line because she wasn't laughing at his jokes. And all those friends are probably grateful to this Yeah. Oh, yeah. They stayed for the rest of the show. Yeah. She left. They stayed for the rest of the show. (laughs) Yeah. And she, yeah. 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 And he literally said, and he looked to them and he said, you're welcome as she was leaving and said, bye. You know, I'm, I'm doing them a favor. Don't call them tomorrow. And he's kept going on because the rest of the audience was loving it. But, like, he kept going. But he absolutely destroyed yeah. this one person wow. for real. And everyone else loved it and laughed. And he just needed to do that because he he didn't like her. He was offended yeah. that she didn't like, I mean, you're that at a comedy kind of, show, go laugh. That kind of stuff I think only works though if you already have everyone. It's like teams, right? If you, the audience is on your team as a comic, then you can attack the yeah. one person. You can right. attack the heckler, you can attack the person who's not sure. having a good time. Right. But if if the whole audience is not on your side yep. and you start attacking, yep. you pretty much end your career. Because oh, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. and one of my biggest pet peeves, because sometimes an audience just is a bad audience, right? Like we've seen, you see a comic regularly and you see they kill and they kill and they kill. And then one night they bomb and it's like, that was trust. That was the audience. Like it was a bad audience. 
But Comedy is weird. There are comedians, you know, bigger and smaller, so I'm not, like, trying to call anyone out. I've just seen it enough times mm-hmm. that will always blame the audience. Like, the I whole audience. And it's such... Sometimes it's them, and that's... Recently, yeah. you know, recently oh, I've heard. I saw a comedian, yeah. a female comedian. You should be able to kill, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I feel like, you know, in the past, sometimes we would name names, but I don't want to, you know, no. I don't want to do that here. Now but I re- recently, there was a female comic who bombed every single time, and she complained that it, Wisconsin, or the crowd, I don't, I don't think it was just Wisconsin, but that the crowd was anti-woman. And I'm like, uh, and I wonder, how do you, how do you improve from there? You know, yeah. if you're always saying, I'm fine, sure. you're the problem. Yeah. And was it the same, her last set, was it the same as her first set? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She did and the exact same thing yep. all, I think that, yep. that particular one was all for And shows. that's the type of stuff that I learn watching the host or the feature that, that don't come with the headliner. Because... Uh, if you show up and there's, uh, so for example, Kill Tony, uh, you know, cool show, mm-hmm. uh, has a certain type of audience. Uh, like there's a comedy club, um, audience, and then there's a Kill Tony audience. Kill Tony's just different. There's just, they're built different. That's but they fine. all know it's Kill Tony. Exactly. Yeah, you know what you're getting. Exactly. And so the regulars on Kill Tony that come through, uh, you know, Skyline and, and other, you know, they, they tour, whatever, but their regulars, their audience that pays to see them is like a Kill Tony audience. Of course. Um, and so the set I would do, like Hans Kim came through and I got to host for Hans Kim at Skyline Comedy Club. That was super cool. Nice. And the set that I did for the Hans Kim audience, I did great the whole weekend as the host um, I was there. I'll vouch. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> he did, that. He did very well. Appreciate that. Um, because I did like a dirtier set. Yeah. Uh, Kill Tony is like a dirtier type audience. You know what I mean? They're more edgy, um, stuff like that. And I didn't have to do anything crazy. Um, right. But I also didn't have to restrict because for the most part, the host generally will do clean comedy. Um, and it doesn't have to be squeaky clean, but for the most part, hosts to will. Feel out the crowd, or uh, no? It's it's just a g- general rule of thumb for comedy throughout oh, the nation. Okay. Just and comedy I, clubs. I think it's an absurd rule. There are you should match. I'm the audience and rookie, so forgive yeah. me for for people listening right now. <laughs> if I ask stupid yeah. questions, no. they just don't want the host. Basically, if the host goes up there and is boring, that is the best. Uh, bad case scenario and that's what they're going for because if the host goes up there and offends anyone or does anything before the headliner even has a chance to walk on stage that's horrible bad case scenario so yeah like the the, what a booker wants from a host is what's the worst you could do Mm -hmm. bomb okay be boring fine but I don't want you to offend or have people uh, get upset or walk out or this or that. Awesome. Is that bad? Sometimes. I've heard headliners we, that do not want 
their host mm-hmm. to be better than them. Really? Hell no. Yes. You're not going to take any laughs away from me, Holy you shit. son of a bitch. Like, yeah. we, have a, and, like we don't have an unlimited amount of laughter. And Grizz, Grizz and I have seen that where the host really? killed, the feature oh, killed, ego is and ego. the headliner Ooh. bombed, and it's yep. just... Okay. Ego, so ego is definitely very, there. Oh yeah. Hosting is so oh, challenging because yeah. you can't ostracize. You huh. can't be super good. You yep. don't okay. want to bomb. You okay. gotta. It. I. Hosting is such a difficult. That's why I think hosts should be paid more. Yeah. Uh, they're always. It's the least paid, but it's the hardest job. They should but it's definitely also, be paid I think more. the idea there is they also spend the least amount of time on stage, so you don't. Oh, and a lot of know, bookers and clubs will like to pay. Li- li- Blah. They like to pay less to the hosts because they can, well, obviously because it's cheaper, but they can go out and get the younger or newer or whatever comics and they're like, hey, I'll give you this horrible money. But those young comics are like, oh, I'd love to because yeah. they want the stage time. Yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's a business. It thing. is what it is. Pecking order. We all got to start at the sure. bottom, work our way up. Well, that would piss me off if I was like, uh, um, like, like some big headliner, and I was touring all over the country, private jet style, and everything, and then all of a sudden, like this little pipsqueak. <laughs> Yeah. Up there, Jenny, she's done it seven or eight hours, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then she Why am I the pipsqueak in this scenario? Well, because you said, you know, it in the room be. here, yeah. I, or me. Oh, no. Jesus yeah. Christ, I've never done it before. If, if like, Nate gets on stage. literally have, have never done it before, not some kind of ploy or... Nate's the, ho- Nate's the host, Jesus I'm the Christ. feature, Grizz is the headliner, and Nate yeah. knocks us all out of the water. Yeah, well, what happened? You guys would be like, all right, listen, fuckstick, you're not doing this anymore. And it's well, really interesting, too. Is that the- what you're saying? Yeah. Well, because, well that way, wow. then I would... I would have to talk about it because that's yeah. one of those things. Yeah, if I were, if I what went I up there after some, shit? well, yes. that yeah, if I went up there after somebody else that just killed and blah blah blah, mm-hmm. that makes I would have to match that. So I would talk sure. about that yeah. person. Uh, not I wouldn't roast them, uh, or yeah. I maybe some, I would friendly roast them, yeah. but I would talk about that person really? to get the audience that just loved them. On my side, like, hey, I'm, uh, we're team, you know what I mean? And then I would try to pull Jesus, a little bit of that of, energy my way. This is a lot of emotional, mental gymnastics going in. Uh, what it's you guys honestly, do. I'm it's, not joking. I hate to use this word, this but it's a, craft in, it's a craft in manipulation. Good lord. Yeah. There are, maniacs you, with inferiority complex. People are paying money to sit down and be quiet and listen yeah. to you mm-hmm. take them on a ride. At whatever ride that is, yeah. whether it's you know and, dark and, and scary or fun and silly or whatever, they you're the driver, okay. and, uh, and so it is your job mm-hmm. to entertain them. They are like they paid, they sit down, they're ready, and they go, okay, entertain me. Mm-hmm. And the people that go there that are like, well, I, you got to earn it. Those audience members suck. Like you paid your money, go have fun, damn it. Right. <laughs> go have fun. So what you're what you're saying? Okay, let's go with this theoretical because this is fascinating, and this will actually uh, be a really good um, kind of metaphor for everything, if not a, a, a thought experiment. But I go up there for the first time, but they just say introduce because I've introduced bands, you know, pretty yeah. much since I was like nineteen. 
Yep. But I get up there and I go, hey, everybody. And that's what you want? Hey, everybody. It's pretty cool. Uh, you're all here, and here's the thing, and I do that intentionally. No, 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 no. not you at all. You gotta bring no. the energy. You oh, no, no, no. Be okay. like, hey, so, how's it? Like, well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Okay, okay. You go, hey, wait, hey. you did too good. No, at no, 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 no. Here, let me tell Shut you this. Shut the fuck up. Me personally. Yeah. I only want to work with comics that are funnier than me. Good for you. Because so, and I've heard lots of other you. comics say this. So, like, I've heard because headliners. I've heard headliners say, I'm the funniest person in the building. And if someone else is funnier, get them out of the building. I've also heard headliners say, I I only want to book or work with people that are funnier than me. Why? Because it makes me better. Correct. If they're getting more laughs, I want to get that many laughs, then I either need to match that or get better. And that's all there is to it. So if you practice against... People, if you practice against amateurs, you're going to be a good amateur. If you practice against professionals, you're going to be a fucking pro. Yeah. So nice. practice like against that. professionals. Because if like somebody that. else is funnier than you, you either have to step it up. Yep. Yeah. Or you yep. have to bitch that they were funnier than you. And some people would rather bitch. Yeah. I'm picturing going, okay, during the summer, I'm picturing like, yeah, I'm really good at basketball. But then suddenly going over to the middle school mm-hmm. and playing against them and Duncan on him. It's like, look at me. I'm awesome. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. It seems like a stress. The absolute exactly. best exactly. college team of any sport, the best college football team, yes. cannot defeat the worst NFL team in a game. It'll never happen. And that's the type of analogy that I'm that I'm talking about. Oh, like okay. you can go to open mics all the time. Yeah. And you're gonna get Good, but if you can get on shows like guest spots or if you can, you know, if oh, somebody, a uh, headliner likes your stuff and you can tour with them sure. and you can be around professional comics that, that kill regularly, yeah. you're going to get much better. Of course. Faster. That just makes and, sense. Yeah. It and, just makes sense. But I think yourself. that I think that's that's just life. That's just life. Like life you can like, Good. yeah, the repetition is the most important but once you understand that, then you can like you can learn from you them figure out where to yes. do yeah yeah humility mm-hmm. have humility and go holy shit this young comic that's only been doing it for two years and I've been doing it for twelve and like to your point Jenny um, yeah that individual was like well this crowd sucks all these yeah. excuses but exactly. if you see the through line. And you asked the right question, one of you, like, well, was this? Well, Grizzly uh, asked the right question. He goes, was it the same material? And it's like, yeah, they didn't okay, change. They didn't... Uh, I don't yeah. know about you, but if you keep it's that Einsteinian definition yeah. of insanity, it's yeah. like, maybe it's the material. Yep. I'm so sorry. Yeah, if you do, you know, if you're booked for a weekend and you do four, five, six shows and your first show doesn't go very well and you blame the audience. 
Like, well, now what? The second show sure. doesn't go well. You You're blame the some audience. You're going sucky people that didn't even know why they were there. Yeah, of but the second show, you do the same thing. You blame the audience. And it's like, well, at what point do you maybe switch it up a little bit? Mm. Learn yeah. the audience. It's excuses. Because a big part of comedy, like you said, it's weird. Every room is different. Every crowd, every state is different. Which like, I want to, to figure yeah. out. Yes. Yes. You guys are like CIA kind of people that have gone through all that training, it picking really, up on micro expressions, picking up, you you already said it, like, oh, their arms are crossed with Patrice, you know? And that's the thing. Yeah, that's, what you, that's your job. I and am sorry huge, if you, you're not good at that. I'm, I'm a huge psychology nerd, as, you know, every white woman in the Midwest is. And... <laughs> <laughs> and... I that's she's my, not wrong. She, yeah, that's my favorite. I can tell you your side. University too. is filled that, with them. Yes, that's my favorite part, and that's what I've been into comedy since I was four because I love studying yes. the psychology of it. So then, yeah. when I actually got into the industry, it's been fascinating because I've I've seen comics when they've started. I've seen them at their very first open mic, and explode and then I've seen comics that you know take a little longer but they get there and like you know some that never get there and find and the biggest thing that I've seen makes a comedian explode is humility every time because they are humble to the audience they recognize I need to work on this I need to change or fix it they're humble to others like you know if somebody else is funnier they're like that's awesome and they learn from it and the ones that end up stagnant, whether they're stagnant at the bottom or stagnant somewhere in the middle, are the ones who don't have that humility. They blame the audience. They don't want to change. They won't take gigs because they're too good for that. Sure. And they, you know, they end up stuck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's... Artists will do whatever the artist wants to do. Entertainers will do whatever the audience wants them to do. And I want to be both. Damn, Grizzly, you can't like you should deep. write a book. You're like Lao Tzu of How do you That's also an laughter. original. That that was I, deep. You I should write never, that down. You, well, you had like five of them. I That's never read that. <laughs> I just came up with it. So, okay. Well, we'll how? Be. Wait, I want to dissect this now. Yes. What you just said almost seemed contradictory. How do you do both? How do you do what you want to, or is what you want to do whatever the audience wants? It's the yin-yang. So, yeah. Yeah. So they, that's what I mean. Like, find a balance. So, like, as an artist, I want to create, uh, and I will write my jokes. Every single joke that I've ever told on stage makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. That it starts with me. Literally, they all start it with me. To, it, it right? com- yeah, the, I, I laugh at my joke, so then I write it down and I tell like someone else. Yeah. And sometimes I'll just say a phrase in life, and other people will laugh at it, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize that was funny, and I'll write that <laughs> down. Fine, but the jokes that I'm writing as jokes on purpose literally starts with me. Like if I don't laugh, it's why the hell would I tell well, anybody it'd be else? Excruciating. Yeah. So. For you. Uh, if you had to play as an there. artist, if I laugh at something, I then have to like dissect it. Is this acceptable to say in public and when and where? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, obviously, I'm not going to tell that. I can't tell this joke at church, or I can't tell sure. this joke at all because I'm going to get canceled and ruin my career. Like, I think of horrible things all the yeah. time. I just I'm smart enough not to say them. So uh, some of them you say, and then we're well, like, you can't yeah. say that. You can't. Yeah. But then once I get told I can't say that, then I don't say it anymore. So mm-hmm. at least I'm like 
learning, you know? <laughs> we're learning. We're it's growing. a work See, in progress. See, I was that kid who needed to touch that my father always said, Nathan, when you were young, that one of the hardest things, if, if we told you not to touch that red coiled yeah. thing that we cook shit on. Yeah. Stove top. I, w- I would go. Stove top is not an offensive I would, word. See how much you could to touch, touch it, it until, yeah. I would have to touch it, and it's like, God damn it, Nathan. And so that it, that isn't in you, though. Like, you'll actually, like, who would say, because I'm fascinated by this, and especially right now with where we're at, somebody said, yeah, you can't say that. See, I hear you can't say that. I'm finding a workaround almost immediately. Well, if and someone okay, if farm. someone <laughs> said if I if someone says you can't say that to me, mm-hmm. my first question is why. Correct. And I need That's I fair. will look into it. And if I get a good right, enough right. reason why, then I won't say it anymore. Okay. But if you don't have a good enough reason, what if you have or a big that doesn't even well, and that's the thing. So I'll yeah. I'll also who do you trust? Well, I'll. Do your own research. I hate that phrase, but uh, like yeah. you kind of have to because sure. depending on who you're talking to, right? Um, you know what I mean? Like you don't know where they got their information from. And yeah, I think it was just the <clears throat> last episode that we had with James Thorne, I think, was talking about how, you know, you got to feel it out. Like some people just want to sure. stop you and tear yeah. you down. Yeah. And some people have your best interest at heart. Yep. So you got to figure that one out. 75 people and one person comes up to you after the show and goes... You know, that was really offensive, and I uh, really don't. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'll stop it immediately. It's like, no, sorry. Yeah. Even, yeah. even on the sorry. most edgy jokes, yeah. like, you you know, you can get up there and you can tell a super edgy joke, but if yeah. 90% of the audience laughed, and, you I'm know. I'm counting on you comedians There was a comedian. There was a comic that literally just came through Creative Skyline Game Comedy Creative. Club, and they did a Christmas joke. Okay. Making mm. fun of a Christmas carol. Oh. They were just talking about a song, and an, and someone in the audience literally yelled out, Are you making fun of God? It was crazy. It was the stupidest thing. It, and even the the comedian looked over like, What? Are yeah. you not paying attention? No, I'm making fun of a Christmas carol, not God. And it was hilarious. But then it was for the quite the scene. To keep oh, then he again, just kept going. It was one of those where everyone else was on the comic side. Yep. So when he called that guy out okay. and like kind of okay. roasted him a little bit, it the audience liked him more. And then, yeah, he even the got to do that, a callback. Like yeah, 20 minutes later, he was say, like, don't make fun of God. And I everyone lost their this. shit. Yeah. That was the last was thing so he said good. before he got off yeah. stage. Yes. He, called, he kept bringing it back. He's like, you know, we're not, but we didn't make fun of God. And then he got off the stage See, and that's 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 your art form no we need you and to but be. again it was that creativity yeah. of being able to change it up and sure. he used it and he kept going with it instead of doing the stiff like yeah. this is my set i can't change this and yes so like as an like a, back to the yeah what did i even say oh an art an artist it does artist. what the artist wants to do. Yeah, it's recorded. Oh, so the yes. art, the <laughs> artist will do what the artist wants to do, and yeah. like those are the people on the the far end. Those are the judgmental headliners yeah. that are, you know what I mean. Like I will tell my jokes my way, and if they sure. don't laugh, it's the audience's it's fault, or they're not smart enough to get it, or whatever they want to say. At that point, yeah, and, and then yeah, I'm the funniest person in the building, sure. and uh, kind of thing. A lot of money and, involved, but then the entertainer it will 
like do the clean comedy uh, or the family friendly comedy uh, for those type of audiences and then go to a bar show and then they'll start cussing and say some of the dirty jokes and everywhere they go, they just go you know, feed the slop to the pigs. They just go give what will ever give them the biggest laugh at the time. And then everyone thinks that they're great, but, like, the artists call them hacks. The artists will call the entertainers hacks because you're not – it's not smart enough or it's not – uh, edgy enough or psychological those, those or whatever yeah well yeah but those are the artists the cri- and they're, they're the, those are the extremes you know what i mean I not everyone's you. like that yeah, but that's you. why i want i want to be a, a balance like i will make my art and then i will take but if i have and i do i have a i have a lot of dirty jokes um like sex jokes with about my wife and stuff i'm not going to take those yeah. jokes to a show that ha- where I know the headliner's uh, sure. mostly clean comic or something like that. Like, that, an artist would go, I'm going to try to get these church folks to laugh at these sure. dirty right. jokes. Yeah. But the entertainer's like, oh, I'm going to go tell the good family-friendly church jokes and get all right. the good laughs because it's easy. And like, Yeah, there was a local comic who was very dark and edgy and uh, the specific room that we book for Comedy Connects, they don't want that style, right? They're more mainstream kind of comedy. So it's like, even though I'm like, I laughed, I can't book you for this. And I remember this particular person getting upset with me about, you know, that I wouldn't book him. And I'm like, well, I, and I told him, I will book you if you don't say this word, this word, or tell any jokes about this. And he was like, but that's like my set. And that's, and it's like, well, then, you know, like. What are we talking about? Like, I, I mean, I know. Well, you don't want like to out him. Do, I get it. You don't want to out him. He, he had some, you know, like. It, it, pretty. Sexist jokes. He had some very sexist jokes. Well, and sexism can be funny, though. It can be, but not his. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, it's like so it hard was, to yeah, they were context. But it, it yeah. wasn't like. Because you can do it very cleverly. Oh, yeah. And just like he was trying to be like bash, a... He was trying... Know. In fact, he would say, like, because he was trying to be like a Jesselneck kind of thing. Like, mm. you know, some people love this I stuff. I was going to say... And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but I guarantee you, awesome Jesselneck like knew when to do this differently he and that differently. exactly what he's doing. When he's... When you start out, you've got to show your diversity. Sure. It's because the whole goal is getting booked. You want to get booked on as many shows as you can. Sure. Get your name out there. Get more, you know... Well, there's business strategies where you're talking. It, yes, and then exactly. Let's develop it. Let's and go then, to yeah, once you once you're thing. big enough, you know, then you can sure. do what you want to do. Well, and now you the, have the freedom. And now the technology is there. Like, could you imagine if Robin Williams had Instagram? Jesus yeah. Christ. You know what I mean? Like, can you, point. yeah. Can, can you, you imagine him with a social media platform? Yeah. Oh or God. any of the old, great, legendary comics wow. that had to. Work ten years before anyone even knew their name. Yeah, uh, didn't get paid any money and had to go yep. through all this hard stuff. Because uh, there are also there's a lot of headliners that will. How long you been doing comedy? And if you say anything less than ten years, they they'll just Damn, not even give you a second look. Your thought yeah. experiment, which there. is which is crazy wow. because now you can do comedy for a year and have eighteen million TikTok followers. That's I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. You don't. If Eddie Murphy had TikTok, like in his prime, obviously Eddie Murphy's still alive, but I mean, if he was 
a comedian trying to work comedy clubs. That's if he had TikTok, holy shit. Well, that's what like, you should do to come back is just go, all right, fuck it. I'm doing my own website. Mm-hmm. And somebody, dude, I am. Uh, There's I, a lot of. TikTok famous comedians that, that are judged by old school comedians. Oh, they don't absolutely. like it. Yeah. And technology is technology. I mean, like, it's, we can, re- it's like it's getting whole- better. Like, it, not just Instagram. Sure, Robin Williams with Instagram would be amazing. But what about Robin Williams if he just had a smartphone and could record every single one of his sets? Yeah. Or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, if that was, was his type of working on it or whoever worked on their stuff, if they just had the technology, like technology is crazy. I I think about back then, like, can you imagine you like, get on stage, you kill, you have the best set of your life and you have no recording. Yep. You, you have, just have no to remember proof. it. You just have yeah. to hope that there was enough hey, people man. in that audience. Talk about living in the moment. Yeah, exactly. But oh my God, the comedy store. But that's the drug. That is the drug of comedy. Because those camera. moments, then as soon as you're done, and like you said, you don't have a video, you don't have this or that, now you're going to chase another one. Like you're going to go yeah. do it yeah. again. Like that and was so good, to, I need it again. And you had I need to keep it again. doing that under the it's idea the drug of, of comedy. there might be that one producer in the audience. Oh, yeah. And you never know. Yep. Like well, Jerry that's why Seinfeld. phoning it in is so exactly. awful. It's like Jerry Seinfeld. He would do, you know, five, six shows a night, and he was just hustling and doing all the things. And then it just so happened that a producer was sitting in the audience when he did well and then you get watched and stuff but he didn't know that so imagine if that night he was just like ah this isn't that important like no one would we still wouldn't know it's all changed is what we're saying and and, and most people know that now it is not the the The, pent ultimate was always and everyone mm -hmm. will say this you know because i'm okay i'm middle-aged i'm 52 years old i remember watching in little rhinelander wisconsin Evening at the Improv, and I remember watching all these comedians. I never got to go to a show until I, you know, was in college. Mm-hmm. I, I never even knew. Oh, okay, you can do this. Um, and then you watch them, and you you hear them talk about the '80s, the boom, as they call it. The whole goal was to get on Carson to get a yeah. damn. It, we all know this. This is a boring. Uh, redundant. Get on a late night thing. show, get your own sitcom. <clears throat> yep. But you had Ray Romanos of the world who just went, like during his special, I, I thought it was lovely. Uh, just off the top of my head, he did a, a, a special, I don't know, about two, three years ago or something like that, where he walked from, his whole special was doing jokes, walking from one uh, comedy club to the next, you know, where he, yeah, these are his. Joints. It would yep. be like the three of us yeah. bar hopping. Yep. Right. But he just goes up on stage. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, I mean, Christ, you're from California. I mean, imagine you could go, I imagine, up and down for a Midwest, you know, small town kid like me. Yeah. but You could just go bam, bam, bam. And now you have the social media. Yeah, it used yep. to be. Why would you need to do that? It used to be you had to move to the hub. You had to move yeah. to New York City. Had and to. now you can just be in the middle of bumfuck Egypt. Yeah. Look at Boston. Um, How many yeah. goddamn comedians out of Boston? And then on top of that, oh, like if God. you, you know, if you happen to get, like, you know, for you, Grizz, you'll you'll host at the Skyline. Yeah. And back then, 
no one ever, that was it. They would see you post and they'd be like, that was great. But yes. now you're like, here's my Instagram. And even though you were just a host, now people are like, oh, now I can see this guy. Thank you for crystallizing that point, Jenny. With yeah, exactly. It, that's exactly it's like, it. you're so not a one-off, oops, forgotten. Now people... Well, only, but also very, very popular in Wisconsin, northeast Wisconsin only. Maybe travel and car you know uh-huh. now it's like yep. oh my god what yeah. did you say uh now you can reach people all over the world comedy connects uh uh the podcast that you're listening to jenny's the mastermind behind this but didn't you say there was like some fans yeah in, we have followers in, in india. india nice india. and it's See, just there you go. shout out to india shout, hi, hey india shout out to <laughs> india so yeah all like, over the it's, world it's fascinating because before this kind of technology it'd be like you know maybe <laughs> Maybe if I flew out to India and did a show, I, like, right. yeah. you know, but. And you just have to integrate it. Like, don't stop doing all the old school stuff. Go put up flyers and go bark and, you know, go get people to come to your show by standing on the corner and say, hey, there's, there's comedy or whatever, because some of those people aren't going to find you on Instagram or aren't going to yeah. see you, this or that. I mean, I put uh, at Grizzly Comedy on um, like T-shirts and hats and stuff that I'll He's wear. He's wearing it right now. He's got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shirt sure for and this, listeners. I'll wear this shirt on stage because it's just a graphic tee, but it has yeah. Grizzly Comedy on it. Like, uh, and yeah, you know, it's just there. It's whatever. Yeah, promote. But if I were a headliner, then I could wear a suit or I could wear this. I'm not going to have sure. any of that random stuff on there. Sure. You know. But technology is amazing, and we should utilize it. And I'm I'm shocked though that there's still a lot of younger comics who have the old school mindset. They don't want to get on technology. They don't want to. They want to do it the old. It's another thing way. to learn. I mean, if yeah. you want to get good at it, then you have to read. Nobody <laughs> wants to read. Oh, I got to learn about Instagram and and Facebook and TikTok and. And it's honestly, it's a lot. It can be because it's a full business, right? Because, and it's a one man show, you're, or a woman show. Um, you know, you've got to write new material. You've got to yes. go to the open mics. You've got to promote you it. You've got to do all of your social media. You've mm-hmm. got to do all of that stuff. If, yeah. It's, you know, meanwhile, make peanuts yep. and have a full time job. And then, yep. your art form. That's why I'm fascinated by it. You guys and some are, people do, like, they'll come from money or they'll already have money. So then, sure, it's easier for them. And that's fine. I'm not. Capitalism. Yeah, it is what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we got to work with what we work with. Some comics will just go, like, don't have anything, and they live in small town nothing, so they just go perform at a bar. They just go s- stand on a soapbox yeah. at a park. But they and- still try. Like, there's people when, you know, we have every Wednesday at Skyline in Appleton, there's an open mic, and I'm always amazed. People travel hours just mm-hmm. to get to that open mic because where they live, there isn't one. And it's like traveling. I can't imagine traveling two hours for four minutes of stage time. But they do it. Those four minutes. And the amount of people that show up to the Skyline Comedy Club open mic in Appleton, Wisconsin, versus the amount of people that show up to a bar open mic in Mm -hmm. Appleton, Wisconsin, is drastically different. There's a lot. And that's, that's why people want to do comedy club Mm -hmm. 
shows and those comedy yeah. club audiences. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's like the the open mic scene in Appleton during the week uh, at just the bars. Yeah. Is very small compared to the amount of people that come to the Skyline open mic because it is a comedy club and yeah. they want that audience. They're not going to travel an oh, hour yeah. for a bar show. Um, but they will travel an hour for a comedy club show. Oh, can you imagine? And that's, well, I mean, heck, that's the best place to get a clip. Like, if I practice all my material at Skyline Comedy Club because I live in Appleton and it's uh, close and convenient, it's less than 10 minutes away, so I will practice my material there, and once I have, like, a good set, I can go to the... Uh, comedy on state open mic in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Like I said, they sell tickets, $5 tickets. They sell out. So the audience is big. It's a paid audience for comedy. I can take all the stuff that I practice here to I there, town and hit record state. on my phone, mm-hmm. and now I have an amazing clip of new material that I've tested out that every that like is doing really right. well. And I'll, every other people are just doing their four minutes and then walking away with it in their head. And I don't have a brain like that, so (laughs) I got to use technology. Yeah, but you're also doing... Tell me a little bit about... um, I'm going to pivot here. Tell me a little bit about your uh, show that you do. You have a podcast, you have a... Uh, So I've recorded a couple episodes um, and I haven't put it out yet, but I have a new podcast coming Jeez, out. The shit out of yeah, me. I got a new podcast coming out. Uh, if you go to grizzlycomedy.com, you'll see it on there and I'll put it on all of my social media too. But it's called Festivities. 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 Enjoy the festivities, my friends. Very playful, and I have this feeling it's going to be a little uh, more edgy than it sounds. <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to be uh, we're going to be smoking weed. Nice. Uh, here in Appleton, they have dispensaries and 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 they sell weed and stuff like that, so it'll, it'll be legal. Don't worry about it. But uh, we're going to be smoking weed. Uh, when I was. When I first started smoking, that was our code word. You know, let's go after school festivities or this or that. Yeah, let's go enjoy the festivities. And we would just go smoke. So now I had a bunch of comedians just come over and smoke. And we're just going to hang out and have fun and bullshit. And we're just going to call it festivities. Yep, pretty much. It's just this with weed. Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) Wonderful. Heck yeah. And then the drunk show. Um, once a month in downtown Appleton, it's at Jim's place, yeah. downtown Appleton, Wisconsin, and it's you the got a theme going here. You know that, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but yeah. so Chris is not a sober comic. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sober comic. After I get off stage, it's a I, hall. Yeah, yeah, I'll get smashed. It's called the wind down. Just take care of your responsibilities and then come over and Absolutely. get high with me. You oh, you have I mean? balance once again, yin yang, low zoo of comics. For sure. Yeah, I got three kids, so like, yeah, I get you. I don't want to go crazy, I but you. I smoke weed, I drink, but I don't drink a lot. So once a month, the last Friday of every month, yeah, I do a drunk show. It's called the Drunk Show. Oh my! And we're embracing the drunkest city in the world, that is Appleton, Wisconsin. 
Uh, I think we got you here in Green Bay. <laughs> well, it's it so flips, it maybe. flips back and forth. I yeah, think, yearly. It, yeah. Oshkosh, Green Bay, and Appleton, which are all sister cities, we're are always all top three. And I'm trying my best to help. So, out of it, but whatever. Might as well embrace the culture and have a drunk show. Yeah. So comics yeah. will come on stage and do ten minutes, okay. and then they'll go off and have beers, shots, whatever they want. Yeah, but yeah, they'll yeah. go get drunk, cool. and then that we'll bring them back up for another five nice. minutes of. Drunk Is it comedy be backstage, like uh, yeah, they'll get drunk room? backstage. Yeah. yeah, so you're gonna have the podcast act at the actual, oh no 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 that's a, no 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 the, the show and the podcast are oh, different. Oh, I got you. Festivities got you. is just yeah. a podcast. You'll find yeah. that on the internet. That'll be fun. It's just me and comics smoking weed. The drunk show is a live comedy show at a bar called Jim's Place in downtown Appleton. Clarification. Um, yep, nice. the okay. last Friday of every month. And people can follow you on Instagram, Grizzly Comedy, right? Yep. G- Instagram, you know TikTok. What? I never thought I'd have to spell Grizzly, but Nate put an E in there. So we're going to say it's G-R-I-Z. I was fucking with you. I'm a little G-R-I-Z-Z-L-Y. That's right. <laughs> fucking with you. Grizzly Bear. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you've been amazing. Thank you for the episode. And uh, Hell yeah. Thanks yeah, for having me on. Out. Check them out. And uh, do we get an invite? On your uh, podcast? Yeah, yeah. You January. guys are definitely going to come on the podcast. The newbies, especially you guys, me. Do you smoke? Uh, I secondhand inhale. All right. How about that? Then I'll smoke and you can just hang out. Because I'm useless if I do. That'll be perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You guys are definitely going to come on. All right. Thank you so much. Cool. Grizzly, check them out. This has been uh, a wonderful episode. Comedy Connects! Uh-huh.